Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our new episode. This is a this is once more the gaming history. This time we're talking about none other than the Far Cry series of games that well, you may or may not know was not entirely developed by Ubisoft in the beginning. In fact, Far Cry was first developed by none other than Crytek, the developer of CryEngine and games such as Crisis. Far Cry was a first-person shooter developed by Crytek for PC back then. This game was a very vast game, it was set on a mysterious tropical island and it followed a ex-special forces soldier called Jack Carver that he was searching for a journalist that he was escorting when she goes missing and well, he now has to find her again. The game was a commercial success and a critical success. The game's visual, obviously, because it's Crytek, was seriously praised and the gameplay, the freedom, the open world was truly something to behold, at least for back then. This game was released in 2004 and the engine that it used was CryEngine 1, the first engine that would later on put every other engine into shame. The development of the game didn't take that long. In fact, the game was, well, pretty much already there and they already had the idea, so they just needed a good engine to do it with, so they developed the engine just for Far Cry itself. Reportedly, the game was born out of a technology demo that was called X-Isle, and, well, this probably showed the capabilities of NVIDIA GeForce 3. When the game was released on PC, it was met with wide praise and success. In fact, it got 90 in terms of score. However, when it was released on Xbox 360 and PS3, yikes, the scores were pretty, pretty low. Well, the PC version was truly um, imp impressive for the graphics, for level and game design, for basically everything. The game was Probably one of the things that made everyone, you know, sh in shock and awe. Nobody believed that this kind of game would exist. So when Far Cry 1 was released, you would believe that this game was seriously, seriously popular. And for its own time, it was something unique. And thank God that it was. However, things didn't end there. A couple of years later, they remade the game. This game, called Far Cry Instincts, released 2005 actually for, uh, for Xbox, was a game that basically was just a remake of the first game with, well, not a lot of things, it wasn't exactly great, and 
it didn't really make anyone, well, swoon over to buy it. This game had much less in terms of graphics or open world or freedom that it gave in the original, and the reason given was that the console was not powerful enough to, well, do, the, do all of those stuff. So when this happened, many people thought that probably this game would fail. However, it did not, because at the time, Xbox did not have that many games that could actually rival this game at least. So Far Cry Instincts, at least for Xbox, was again another success. With a score of 87, it was something that nobody expected, even though it was kind of downgraded from Far Cry, the original one on PC, but at least it did any, everything and anything in its power to make it just as good as the PC version or use all the power that Xbox had. A sequel to Far Cry Instincts that had the same name except for the addition of a subtitle called Evolution was released on 2006, March 28, 2006. It included a new single player campaign, although it was much shorter than the campaign found in the original game which was Instinct, the storyline picked up after the Instinct itself. Now this game was pretty much well received as well, I mean people enjoyed this new campaign and all that because it included new weapons, vehicles, you could have an expanded map marker, you had multiplayer modes, it was really good for its own. Then came Far Cry Instinct's Predator, a title that was for Xbox 360. Now this game was released on the same day as Evolution, which if you might remember as I said, it was released on Xbox. It included graphically enhanced versions of both Instincts and Evolution, and it featured a map editor in which players can create maps and characters on online play are basically clones of Jack Carver that can again be edited. But still, the character would have the tattoo Karma on the shooting arm. Then again, we had Far Cry Vengeance, a remake of the original, uh, the remake of the Evolution, sorry, for Nintendo Wii. This game, however, was not well received. In fact, it was, it was pretty much panned. It had a terrible score from critics, and everybody just didn't believe that this was a game that they actually made. So this game was, again, pretty much shunned and destroyed. But at the same time, this was a game that, well, it had a lot of ups and downs. Now, many of people might not know this, but only the first Far Cry was developed by the Crytek. After that, games such as Evolution or Instincts, they were all developed by Ubisoft. So Ubisoft didn't know what to do with the series, so they just started to remake the game over and over and over again. So it was pretty much, well, not in a good way. Like, nobody expected that... Um, you know, they would just keep remaking this. But what led to Crytek getting away from Ubisoft? Well, Crytek had the Cry engine, and with the Far Cry, they showed the capabilities of an engine that would be superior on PC than it would be on consoles. So they signed a deal in 2004, July 2004, to develop a gaming franchise with EA, which later on would become the Crisis series. So. Ubisoft basically had no choice but to develop this game for themselves and do whatever they can to make it better and better. 
Then of course after the vengeance came Paradise Lost, a rail shooter arcade game port developed by Global VR and again published by Ubisoft. While this game was not again well received, Ubisoft started to take a little break and take well a few years just to you know think of what to do. While many people might think that well Far Cry 2 um, came immediately after Paradise Lost and they already had the idea, the truth is they didn't. Hence the reason why they kept remaking the game and saw that well there's not a lot to be made here. Which was why they started to think about none other than Far Cry 2. Far Cry 2 was a game that was completely developed by Ubisoft Montreal. It was the first game in Far Cry series that went into realism. Whereas Far Cry 1 was not dealing with realism, it was crazy as hell. So when Far Cry 2 wanted to come, Ubisoft wanted to make it as best as possible. They wanted to give players a huge open world, a good story, and something that would make them, well, swoon like as soon as they saw it. Ubisoft marketed Far Cry 2 at, as the true sequel to Far Cry. However, this game had so much little in common with the first one that you could not actually say it was a sequel, but you could say that basically just shared the name and probably the graphical prowess. The game itself was set in Africa and your character was bitten by a malaria mosquito and not only did you have to survive that malaria by having pills every now and then, but the world was actually so huge and daunting to, well, go over without any fast travel options that it really made it a chore. In fact, you even had a small map that you carried with yourself. So the game had so much realism. The game was so freaking real that it was probably the dark souls of open world games. The game was not exactly easy and the driving mechanics weren't easy as well and whenever your car would crash, you would be screwed because you had to walk a lot if you were not eaten by tiger or something on the way. The game was particularly well received. The game had a score of 84 or 83 depending on which version you're looking at. but. The game was basically praised for having great graphics, for great gameplay, the open world was really good, they said that the intelligent enemies were, were good, but well, they thought that even though it was really um, good, but the long time that it took to go from one objective to the other one, like I said, the poor car mechanics and basically, um, you know, the even the plot wasn't even that good. I mean, I just told you you had malaria, but I have no idea how to explain the further story because it's still nonsensical to me after all these years. So many people took issue with the plot, the huge open world that didn't have fast travel and it took you a long time to go from one place to another. They thought that, um, you know, this was a good game, but it lacked a lot of things that would make it perfect. Even though you would not know this, but I play this on PC, so I could save whenever I want, but for console players, this was not the choice. So, Far Cry 2, as good as it was, it was, well, praised, but not that much, because people thought it was way too serious and way, way too far into realism. Then came Far Cry 3, which actually took time to develop. Believe it or not, this game took four years to develop after Far Cry 2. So going back to the formula to see what they should do, they thought that maybe it's not good to, you know, go as crazy as possible with realism and just go crazy 
So that's why Far Cry 3 came, and the game featured a villain that you could actually like, and a story that you might say wasn't bad at first, it got weird near the end, but the gameplay was the one thing that was truly, truly changed. With the story, well, being about a teenage kid, well, I don't, I'm not sure if it was actually a teenager, about a kid, let's say, that was trying to survive in that island and save his friends, um, the gameplay was supposed to be about his survival, so everything had to be hard for you, but not so hard that you would be, well, driven crazy just like Far Cry 2. So Far Cry 3 had a lot of things that the previous one didn't have. One thing was fun and much more colors. Second one was the fast travel system. They had, you know, outposts that were pretty much intelligent and they responded to everything that you did. And, well, the Far Cry 3 was perhaps the best formula for this kind of game, for open-world games that Ubisoft ever made. Many people like to say that Far Cry 3 was the absolute best open-world game in the Far Cry series, or maybe in all of Ubisoft history, and that, you know, they made it the best one. But unfortunately, it did lack a few things here and there. One of the few things that it did lack was that, you know, great villains. Like, Vaz was the best villain of all time in Far Cry, but when it comes to everybody else in there, the story didn't make any sense, just like the previous one, so many people were turned off by that. But the game was very popular and it sold amazingly. It sold more than 4.5 million in 2013 and more than 6 million in May of 2013. On October 30th, 2014, Ubisoft revealed that the game has shipped more than one more than 10 million units. This was perhaps the first success Far Cry had in terms of sales, mainly because, well, the world started to go silly and that basically they just wanted to go as crazy as possible so people can have fun. However, this was not the end for Far Cry 3. Far Cry 3 also had something that truly helped it in terms of popularity. Far Cry 3 had one DLC that you could say, in fact, it it really helped with um, the popularity of this game. Now, you may not know this, but Far Cry always, you know, since Far Cry 3, likes to have a kind of a spin-off thing or expansion thing that is completely off the hooks in terms of story, gameplay. They just go crazy as hell. They just do whatever they want with it and say that, yeah, this is an expansion, this is a DLC, so go go nuts. And they use the same map so that it will be easier for them to make. So Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon was introduced, a love letter to the 80s movies, TV series, games. It was such an amazing game. Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon was a standalone expansion, meaning that you can even play it without having Far Cry 3 itself. It was the 8th overall installment in the game, and like I said, it was a parody of the movies, games, TV series of 1980s, and it, it was something. Not only was the world actually completely 1980s, but the weapons, the story, this game, this expansion was a love letter to all of that, and it, it was really well received. I mean, even though it didn't have the best scores, like, 8.3 was actually not bad, but it was touted as the best DLC back in Spike's VGX 2013 because 
Well, it was something new. Most DLCs usually added a little bit of a story, and this is this was actually Ubisoft. They did that. But this time, this was something that was completely unique in its own way, and, well, it was one hell of a game. You couldn't, you know, deny that this game took everything further than it should, and it was enjoyable. This game was probably the first foray into the crazy Far Cry worlds that Ubisoft would later on continue as a tradition. Of course, this was not the end. Later on, Ubisoft would introduce to the world Far Cry 4 being released in 2014, a little bit soon, but they promised that the game would be good. While the game had a great E3 trailer, this was during the ages that Ubisoft started to show you great things in the trailers and yet not deliver on them at all. Like, for example, Watch Dogs, when you saw it in the first trailer, you would think like, holy crap, is this really on PS3? Then they said, hey, we have a PS4 trailer, and you saw it and you were like, this is a downgrade, what happened? Far Cry 4 was one of them, like, it showed an amazing map and everything, but it was a downgrade when it released. The game was kind of a success in terms of um, scores, but in terms of sales, the game only shipped 7 million copies. Now, why was it so low uh, in terms of sales? The reason was that, well... It was probably the fastest and most successful launch for this series, but the game didn't have that kind of momentum. The reason for it was that basically the game didn't add much. I mean, the maps were beautiful, but there were many things that didn't really make it a must-buy for every person out there. Like, Far Cry 3 was something that was completely unique for its time, so it was a must-play. But when it came to Far Cry 4, it did not really have much. I mean, sure, you could ride elephants, you could tame tigers, things like that, but it never really took it any further than that, and it never really made it as fun as it should. So, Far Cry 4, for having a, again, another story that was kind of similar to Far Cry 3, although the choices were actually pretty good this time around. I mean, it really mattered what you did or what you didn't, even though that they weren't perfectly good endings, but at least doing things that you did, it really mattered, and the problem was that the villain wasn't really that compelling as Voss. It would, they were trying to, you know, just copy Voss one more time, and it didn't work. So Far Cry 4, as much as it tried to be good, it wasn't. Then came Far Cry Primal two years later. This used the same map as Far Cry 4, and like I said, this was another game that went into crazy parts, just like Far Cry Blood Dragon. Far Cry Primal was set into the prehistoric age, and in this game you could tame almost every animal you see. You even had an owl that would help you and act as your eyes in the sky. This was actually a precursor to Assassin's Creed Origins having an eagle instead of eagle vision. So this was pretty neat and many people enjoyed the idea, but the problem was that the execution was not well. Like, well, this the story was kind of fitting to the whole thing, but didn't really make you care for anyone, and besides, it didn't really, you know, go deep into it. It felt more like, you know, just a reskin of Far Cry 4, and they didn't admit that, unfortunately. Ubisoft didn't come out and say that, well, yeah, this is kind of an expansion to the other one. They just said that this is a full-price game, and, you know, this is completely new. They lied altogether. However, 
um, when it came to, you know, depicting the animals and the world itself, the game was actually not bad. It was pretty well done, graphics were really good, but the problem was that it did not really feel unique. It just felt like, again, a reskin. I mean, the story wasn't something to draw you in completely. The abilities were nice. You know, this was mostly a showcase or a test for anything that they could add further down the line. So the response wasn't actually that good to it. People thought that this was just a cash grab. Then of course came 2018 and we have Far Cry 5, a game that I did review myself. And this game was actually a really good game considering. The game was actually much better than Far Cry 5 in many ways, but again it added so many features that it neglected to perfect, such as the fishing parts or um, you know, some of the huntings, but the thing was that the game did really well in terms of side quests. In terms of story, I actually think it had a good story. While many people don't agree with me, and they all say that no, the story was a cheat, I would say that the story did well to establish at least doubt in the player's mind, just like Far Cry 4 did. If you don't know, Far Cry 4 had a secret ending, where if you waited 10 minutes or 15 minutes at the beginning of the game, you would reach the ending without killing anyone. But then, with Far Cry 5, we have the same ending. You can basically not do anything and the ending would still be the same whether you took action or not. Far Cry 5 had a controversial launch and controversial announcement, with people thinking that Ubisoft wanted to basically go down on every American and say they're, you know, terrible people and stuff like that. However, this was not the case. This was, well, we could say that it kind of tried to uh, show stereotypes, but it didn't really go as deep as possible So the game was actually Really um, Well received by the fans at least maybe not the critics the fans thought that yeah, this was a good game that it can kind of well Well kind of you know be good that you know This was the move in the right direction, but they, uh, they needed actually much more work to make it perfect like they're saying that you know like I said that the controls are not bad, but they lack polish. Like for example, the planes and, well, cars, they still are not that good. I mean, after all this time, Ubisoft has still not done enough to make the car controls any better, and yet they add helicopters and planes into a game that's not doing well in terms of controls, and then they launch a game called Crew 2, which had the same exact control scheme for Far Cry 5 and you know how that went. So Far Cry 5 as much as it was praised it had many problems as well. Like I said the controversies didn't stop there just because you know American well stereotypes but rather it was released in a time that you know it was election for Donald Trump and the way he said that well we should you know um, have a wall, get away from the world, things like that. So many people thought that this was kind of a, um, you know, attack on Donald Trump. And they thought, and you know, even had some petitions being uh, lodged at it saying that, yeah, change the game or cancel it because it's saying American Christians are bad guys, that they are actually racist, things like that. Well, the game was successful enough that it spawned this spin-off called Far Cry New Dawn. As I said, Far Cry loves to, you know, use the same map that they had with one of their games and just go crazy. 
So now this seems to be a tradition. Blood Dragon for Far Cry 3, Primal for Far Cry 4, and now New Dawn for Far Cry 5. A game that takes place roughly 17 years after the previous one, after the nuclear attacks, and now we're seeing some crazy animals, crazy characters, crazy weapons, everything crazy to the point that Rage 2 on its Twitter went out and said that, hey, this is Rage 2, a newer Dawn. <laughs> Though I don't want to say they copied it in any way, but, well, they could, we're not sure. However, New Dawn is being shown as a promising game. In fact, many critics that have already had the game or even had an extended period of time playing it, they're praising it as one of the best Far Cry games, if not the best one, simply because it's something unique that hasn't been done before. The game is due for release on February 15, 2019. One day after the Valentine's, it'll be out on Friday, I believe. So. Girlfriends, if you want to buy something nice for your boyfriend, buy this for them and they'll, you don't have to see their faces for at least two days. <laughs> the game is being priced for $40, which is a good move by Ubisoft after seeing how people reacted to Primal and its prices. As for what kind of gameplay you can expect if you are going to play Far Cry, and if you have never played it, I might say that, well, expect a huge open world with a lot to do and well, I'm not gonna say fun side quests, usually Ubisoft is not that good in side quests, but expect some crazy side quests, because Far Cry 5 actually delivered on that front. In terms of gunplay, I gotta say that the gunplay is actually good and compelling. One of the famous things that people like to do in Far Cry is the bow. They all love the bow, and Far Cry 5 actually had different variations of the bow, so if you're a selfie kind, you can use the bow. If you also like to have companions with yourself, obviously you can have people with you in this addition to the Far Cry world as well, as you can also have animals being your companions. They can help you through the missions, through the side missions, they can drive with you, and you have to take care of them, otherwise if they die, they will be out of commission for quite some time before they can be back. In terms of story, don't expect a normal story. Far Cry never really goes for normal, it usually goes for abnormal because it sells. So yeah, don't really expect to have a normal story that would appeal to everyone. It's kind of a creepy, crazy story exaggerated on many fronts that would, like I said, appeal to everyone out there. So if you have never played Far Cry, I would say that right now is a great time to jump in with Far Cry New Dawn, or even Far Cry 5 if it's on sale anywhere you want to buy, because Far Cry is a series that, even though it doesn't really, you know, evolve that much installment to installment, but at least it is still fun to play and, you know, do good things in. Of course, don't play the online version, I mean, don't do that. Don't do it to yourself, this is... Ugh. Not a good mode that it has, it's a terrible mode. So I would definitely advise you against playing the online mode in Far Cry 5. I really hope the New Dawn doesn't have online mode. But still, if you have never played Far Cry at all, this will be a great time to jump in and have fun with it. This is probably a one of the best series Ubisoft has ever made. After Far Cry 2 and their de new, de ne new debut with Far Cry 3, they kind of nailed the formula and if anyone's looking for a crazy world, 
to just have fun, to, you know, have some story. Well, this is not GTA level, but at least it's fun, because you know, every world is at least unique to itself. And it's something that is trying its best to be the best. So don't worry. If you like these kinds of games, if you like any open world game, you will definitely fall in love with Far Cry 5. So that's pretty much my gaming history for Far Cry 1 till Far Cry 5. If you enjoyed this episode, please share and like and subscribe. And please tell me what's your favorite uh, Far Cry game of all time. Mine is obviously Far Cry 3, but if you have one that you think is better than Far Cry 3, please tell me and tell me your reasons as well. I look forward to, to hearing from you guys and I hope to see you guys very soon. And don't forget, the game is launching February 15, 2019. See you guys very soon.